Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, I have my guy. He is the host and creator of the Raw Sex Podcast. You can hear that each and every Friday, dropping some new episodes. Really great episodes as of lately. I'm talking about none other than Cousin Damo, a.k.a. Dominique Marks. Here, of course, you know, make sure y'all go check out Raw Sex Podcast. Follow him on IG. Follow him on Twitter, Raw Sex Podcast 1. You know, every Friday, we in here, you know, a great team. Myself, Damo, also 50, our boy 50, uh, Damo's boy from the Navy. It's a three-man weave, a triumvirate, if you will. We are out there uh, back with the masculine energy, as uh, as Damo said. And uh, it's really been getting some great feedback from these last couple of episodes. So make sure y'all check my man out and check out Raw Sex Podcast as well. So we're back here in it today. Been a while since we dropped some fresh content, but thank you all for continuing to support the show and continuing to interact with us on social media. We got a big end of the year coming up, so we hope y'all are prepared for it. And today for The Vault, we actually have a special bonus segment of Cards, Dominoes, Drinks, and Smoke. And today the topic is going to be yeah, a region that a lot of people say doesn't get a whole lot of love. In particular, when you see on hip-hop Twitter, there's a lot of folks from there that say that that region doesn't get enough appreciation on what they've done for hip-hop. And of course, we're talking about none other than the South. But when you talk about Southern hip-hop, Damo, it's not just one or two cities. Like You're not just talking about Atlanta. You're not just talking about Miami or whatever. There's a big, big portion of the country who actually qualifies itself as Southern rap. And so from these different regions, you have different people who have contributed a lot to the game over the last few decades. So we're going to go into Southern hip hop and talk about each of the different, different regions and, you know, who are our favorites and who do we think influenced the game the most? So Damo, this topic in particular, I wanted to make sure we talked about because in particular where we're from, you know, in D.C., a lot of the folks that we have here, a lot of the black folks in particular have their roots based in the South. So a lot of folks, you know, grandmother, grandparents from North Carolina, South Carolina, sometimes Tennessee, Georgia. You know, I know your folks got got uh, roots in the South. So growing up, there were a lot of folks as far as like people that we grew up with, went to school with. They were into a lot of that Southern rap, you know, and. They were into like stuff like Scarface and into listening to No Limit and Cash Money and stuff like that from that era. We heard a lot of different music coming up because of the people around us and then eventually what we also listened to ourselves. So just to break it down in regards to the regions we're going to cover, Damo, here's what we got. So, of course, you have the Southeast and the Southeast can pretty much include everything from North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. And I consider that to be the Southeast. Now, some some of y'all on here listening from Virginia may go ahead and say, what about Virginia? Well, I mean, if you talk to people from the South, I mean, some folks, Virginia folks will say they're from the South. But a lot of folks probably not in Virginia don't really count Virginia as the South. Am I right or am I wrong, Damo? Well, just like (laughs) just like uh, D.C., 
Maryland is below the Mason Dixon line, yeah. but they don't consider that the South. No, I mean it's not. <laughs> I mean it's it's unless you go up north. Yes, and then they be thinking like, oh, yeah, like you from the South. Like, yeah, they think we country and shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like my cousins from um <laughs> from New York. It was just like, wow, your southern accent is really, really thick. I'm like, southern accent? I'm like, this ain't shit. I'm like, have you been to North Carolina? Have you been to Georgia? Like, yo, come on, man. Have you been to Alabama and Mississippi? Like, come on. So, right. yeah. So, I mean, no disrespect to anybody from VA, but I kind of like Virginia and Maryland are kind of like mid-Atlantic. I mean, it's like you in the middle. You're not quite the north, but you're not really mm-hmm. quite the south. And yes, Virginia was the the birthplace and also the home of the Confederacy. I get that for those of y'all who are hardcore about trying to include that, but be, stick with me for a moment. Shout out to everybody from Virginia beach and Richmond though. So, you know, doing their thing, including, you know, Timbo and Pharrell and Neptunes and Missy and all them. So, but, but, but that's where I see where you get the South, like, right. That's why I say it's seeing it being South, like Northern Virginia is a part of us. Yeah. So like some people like, the DMV. I'm like the DMV is Northern Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, it's not Richmond, Richmond and Virginia, Virginia Beach. Beach. Yeah, it's not. And that's I, God. I, you know what? I got into a conversation about somebody with that on Twitter, and they was like, "The DMV is supposed to meet all of Maryland, DC, and all of Virginia." I'm like, "No, no, it isn't. Like, it's certain parts of Maryland, PG County, Montgomery County." You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Northern Virginia. You know, if you pretty much pass Spotsylvania. Or any other stuff, Woodbridge and all that other shit, you know, you ain't, that's not really DMV. It's, it's you know, it's not. So mm-hmm. down there is a completely different culture and everything else. So, you know, it's um, Virginia Beach, Seven Cities and Richmond got their own cultures. You know what I'm saying? They they have their own metro metro areas. So now that I'm going to went into that. So, yeah. So now we're talking about so the southeast. So, you know, Carolina. The Carolinas, Georgia, Florida, and Florida, mostly you're talking a lot about Miami down south. So you're talking about folks, North Carolina rappers, I mean, Petey Pablo, obviously, Lil Brother, obviously, Nice Wonder, all of them down there doing their thing. And Georgia is all of Atlanta. I mean, you know, even everybody that's from Atlanta that you can think about, run the list down. Um, Miami. I mean, you're talking with two live crew and Luke starting out with them, but then you get into the, the trick daddy, slip and slide folks, Trina, you know, and then you get a little bit further on, you're getting into the Rosses and everybody, mm-hmm. Pitbulls and old Khaled and all the other folks that's down there from Miami. So you have the Southeast. Then after the Southeast, you kind of move on over and you get into what I like to call like the Mid-South. And <laughs> the Mid-South is like that area I like to consider like, you know, parts of Tennessee, including Memphis, also parts of Kentucky. So like Louisville, Western Kentucky, Bowling Green, stuff like that. Then you get down a little bit further into the South part of like Northern Alabama. They consider to be part of the mid South as well. And so you're talking about folks like, you know, three, six mafias, project Pat, juicy J DJ Paul going a little bit further on, even a dude like yo Gotti. And, um, in, in Kentucky, you talking about, you know, Nappy Roots was a group that back then that, you know, shoot, they came out of kind of like out of nowhere and nobody really heard about a lot of acts from Kentucky at that point. But now they, they, they put out there and they made a nice little splash for a little bit. Then you go to the Gulf Coast region. So then you start talking about parts of Mississippi, Louisiana, New Orleans, 
And then you can even go down in parts of the Gulf Coast and you include that whole Houston, Port Arthur, that, you know, East Texas part that they all consider the third coast, a.k.a. the Gulf Coast. And you that's when you get into the, the rappers, Mississippi, David Banner, Big Crit, New Orleans, No Limit Cash Money, um, all the folks who have been involved in that movement down there in that part, all the other rappers, you know, the old school rappers from New Orleans, Houston, of course, you're talking about Face, Ghetto Boys. All the Swisher House, all of DJ Screw, rest in peace, DJ Screw, Lil Kiki, I mean, all the folks, Paul Wall, Mike Jones, Slim Thug, I mean, uh, Devin the Dude. I mean, you could keep running down all the different artists from that Houston area down Port Arthur, man. So a lot of folks also to include in Memphis, not to be forgotten, Ape Ball and MJG, of course. So, you know, a lot, a lot of influence right there, man, right in the South, almost. So I also wanted to say one more thing. Also, us being in D.C., it was just like East Coast bias. Mm-hmm. So we really didn't hear a lot of South music until it really started popping. Yeah, yeah, it did. And then so I think. So I kind of yeah. have like most of my life I had an East Coast bias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most. Most, Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely into New York rap when we was in high school. I wasn't mm-hmm. into down south rap at all. It kind of took me getting into college and it opening yep. up my ears a little bit and understanding. Hey, and, like, I, you and, know. I, and I and I felt I was like, if the boys knew I was listening to three six right yeah, now, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> big thumbs down, big hey. thumbs down at the lunch table. Yeah, man. Yeah, play on like oh no. Yeah. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Hey, go ahead and put that joke on. Yeah. Like, ugh. It's yeah. so nasty, but damn. I thought about y'all. I yeah. said, damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, but. So disappointed. It's disappointed. We like, <laughs> but see, I think everybody sort of started to evolve after a little while because it was like, all right, man, life is just not about snare drums and, and, and boom bop all the time and head nod and conscious rap. Like, no, it's. Like, yo, you got to expand your sound profile. And, like, that's what it was. It was me getting into 3-6 Mafia and Project Pat because I was with my roommate. He was a smoker, so he loved listening to that shit, you know? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, my boy's back home. No, I'm listening to this shit, man. This is crazy. <laughs> this is wild. But it really was just a continuation of what a lot of our peers were in because, like, I also think the influence of Go-Go as well kind of helped to what people – because a lot of them hooks that Backyard and stuff were using, I use Backyard in particular because they were the most popular band back then. But a lot of the joints, like the hooks that they were using with Northeast and with Backyard came from like a lot of those down South rap music, you know, and they knew them joints and recognized them shit. So I think that kind of helped with the influence as well, man. But just sort of looking at the region. So we're going to start with the Southeast region. So, you know, we talking about Carolinas down to Georgia and Miami. So, Give me an idea, Damo, of some of your favorite acts. And we talk about old school stuff. So we talk about whatever we're like the range of time we cover on this show, maybe a little bit further on, but we ain't touching any any of that new school shit on this joint. So <laughs> give us an idea and some of the Southeast, man, some of your favorite acts that you fucked with. Uh, From the jump. And I didn't even really know they was from the South until, until the Source Awards was outcast. Mm, okay. You know, whenever I heard them, whenever I went to, like, North Carolina to kick it with my cousin, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, like, oh, shit, they they spitting or whatever. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the 
down south that mm-hmm. we heard uh, uh the no limit yeah loop <laughs> yeah so it yeah so i'm like i'm like i said oh okay i said oh these bad ones are right. mm-hmm. and then and then when the source i said i said they from the south yeah they from atlanta georgia yeah i said oh shit mm-hmm I said, uh, they different, though, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I would say after them in that region, I would say T.I. Mm, okay. Like, yeah, he's probably he's probably my favorite from the region. Yeah, okay. T.I., yeah, man. I, it took a while for me to get into T.I., man. It did. And I think part of the reason why is because I thought I was turned off by him at first because he came to visit Morgan while we were in school. And my arts and entertainment editor went to go edit, went to go um, interview him. And this is when he was young. He was like 21, 22 years old or whatever. He was like coming, just got that Atlantic deal and was putting out trap music. It just dropped at that time. So mm-hmm. 24s and all that stuff came out. He was in the, in the, they interviewed him in the radio station and she was interviewing him there. And he was arrogant. Like he was arrogant as fuck even back then. Like it was just like, yo, like nigga, don't nobody really know you like that. Like I don't even know who the fuck you are until 24s came out. So. But it took a while for me to to warm up to him. Um, for me. So in the Southeast, obviously, it all kind of, to me, starts with Atlanta, even though, you know, down South Rap was around long before Outkast came around. I get it. But mm-hmm. obviously, Outkast, whole Dungeon family, I mean, Goody Mob, you know, you can take that whole crew, you know, Outkast and Goody Mob together. And that was my right down my alleyway. I loved Outkast because they could spit. And I like Goody Mob because this the message in their music. You know, mm-hmm. the shit they was talking about in their music was like real shit. Like shit, niggas outcast. I mean, Goody Goody Mob pretty much came up with the phrase Dirty South when the song Dirty South. I mean, it's like nobody really was calling it Dirty South before Goody Mob, man. So that's really groundbreaking right there in itself. In Atlanta, I mean, I would have to say it took a while for me to warm up to T.I., but I did. But obviously, man, I can't mention Atlanta, especially this era that we're talking about without mentioning Luda. You know, I mean, Luda, <laughs> Luda was yeah. one of those rappers when, you know, the whole thing that they, you know, the thing about niggas from the South can't rhyme and he proved niggas wrong. I mean, it's just like he had punchlines and shit and bars just as good as some of these other New York rappers that niggas said was the best spitters in the world or whatever. He did his thing. Also going a little bit further into the Southeast, um, I definitely have to give my props. I mean, People don't really consider them Southern rappers, but they're from North Carolina. So it's Lil Brother, man. I mean, they first, at least their first two albums, to me, I consider to be classics with The Listening and The Minstrel Show. But you, man, you have Ninth Wonder producing and then Big Pooh and Fonte rapping. And they're not the typical what you say Southern rappers because they don't rap with draws and accents and stuff like that. And their music sounded more like heavy East Coast because of who they listen to. You know, so it didn't wouldn't be considered Southern rap, but they from North Carolina. So I got to give them they props for including in this. It would be criminal for me not to. Other artists as well. I mean, I never really was a huge like like Trick Daddy fan. I I just I, I recognized his music to be good for what it was like in the parties and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I didn't really really rock too hard with Trick Daddy or Trina. I definitely give them they props for making it and really their music being for what it was parties, strip club, whatever it is that you had their music on. But they definitely represent more than trick. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Miami, of course, you start with everything in Miami. Everything begins with Luke, because you know, shoot. I mean, he opened up the door for them, and the shit they did with Two Live Crew, really, even with challenging the censors. You know, I mean, really was some like groundbreaking shit as well. 
So, I mean, as far as the Southeast is concerned, like I said, that's really like who my favorite acts were then. But, um, yeah, so now we kind of shift over back over to the Mid-South. And so we talk about Tennessee, you know, these 3-6 Mafias, 8-Ball MJGs, you know, Nappy Root stuff, man. So out of that region, who was the folks that you kind of fooled with the hardest from that from that area? And the, it got this 3-6. Three six pad that whole little, for a little for a little minute mm-hmm. when I got into it that whole camp little white mm-hmm. Frazier boy yeah like I thought Frazier boy was up next yeah mm-hmm. right yeah <laughs> I was like oh I said oh Frazier boy shh oh, yeah this but it was pet though but it was pet stayed in stayed in the system so mm-hmm. and pat was in jail. He always in jail. Like it's like it all. Every time he have a smash, he's in jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and every time on the end of the three six album, you hear Juicy J. Project Pack coming home soon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like damn, hold on. Wasn't he just home? Yeah, nigga was just home. But then you start, but listening to his album, he be telling you. What we we underrated his storytelling. Yeah, exactly. Because he's actually telling you what the hell is going on in his life. Yeah, like yeah, yeah I pulled up on the man. Yeah, he ended up being the, he been ended up being the foreman. Yeah, nah, not my dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pat. <laughs> so I'm glad that you made that point about Pat. And I think like listening, we did the review for Mister Don't Play earlier this year. And so that part of Pat's repertoire, that storytelling and those in the songs literally was really old underrated because people think that the shit Pat, we was just talking a whole bunch of shit, but nah, Pat be talking about what the fuck is going on. Like he literally was a nigga who was two places at one time. He was in the industry and he was in the streets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was in the streets and in the industry and he really couldn't find his way out of the streets. And so that's why I think his music was so raw because it was almost like he was living this shit, you know, and telling it to you live basically as the shit was happening. So, yeah. And he knew his time. He was like, hey, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to do this too when I die. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you thinking he just talking shit. Yeah. And then you turn on 3-6 album mm-hmm. and Juicy J telling you at the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's for real. Yeah, but that 3-6 and all the different iterations of 3-6, man, with... You know, the original crew that had, you know, Coops Danica and then Gangsta Boo and Gangsta Boo was mm-hmm. there all the way up to till the smoke clears. And then uh, then she leaves and the chat comes in as well, mm-hmm. kind of replacing her. And the chat was definitely well, I mean, everybody, everybody prefer a lot of folks prefer Gangsta Boo, but the chat wasn't no slouch. She definitely brought yeah. it on records and she fit what they did. Um, I prefer Lutch. I, I prefer Lachat. Oh, over Gangsta Boo. OK. Yeah. yeah I, I heard you got the first person I heard say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they um they they just they was on doing a thing, man. Ever since they started with Mystic Styles, all the way up until, you know, I would say oh to till the to oh three with the most with, I think that was most known unknown. It it was like that period. And they they had the film choices. They had a whole bunch of shit mm-hmm. going on. They was killing it for a long yeah, time. It was. You know, independently, and then they got their deal. You know, everybody sort of got on and everybody, for the most part, got to put out an album except for Crunchy Black, you know, but it's... But I mean... Yeah. yeah. Do we blame it? No. I mean, 
The nigga was good for what he was. He was good on three mm. six mafia projects when he was around everybody else. But I don't mm. think I really wanted to like get a, a crunchy he, black he, joint. You know, he what was saying? good for the dance. Yeah, and good for the hype. Yeah, and them and them hooks too. Yeah. Uh, I'm so high. Oh, I smell like smoke. Got that motherfucking green. Yeah, that goddamn dope. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So. Three six though, definitely. It's it's that whole hypnotized minds camp. Um, all them folks, like you said, Frazier Boy. Frazier Boy was my dude. T Rock, when T Rock was rocking with them, T Rock had some skill, man. Lil White, um, La Chat. I mean, all that, that whole like, you know, mm-hmm. hypnotized mind camp. They used to tear the club up thugs. I mean, they all did their thing. And um from that, obviously from Memphis as well, with me, man, eight ball and MJG too, because they yeah. was whew, and I mean, you look at their early discography and then head into when they started doing solo projects and eight ball definitely, I would say stepped out there, but they were somebody, if you talk about Memphis, people might forget about them if you weren't paying attention to the game, but they had some shit, mm-hmm. man, sitting on top of the world. Like what eight ball yeah. lost them in space. I mean, so it's like, like these things, they represented too, man. Um, they, to me, yeah, they did. and then when they got on bad boy South is when they really kind of blew up to the bigger audience because then they mm-hmm. had, they had a machine sort of pushing them, you know, and then they had two oh, massive make hits. Me, make me. <laughs> <laughs> what was that shit? They was punching nigga head, knock his hole, shoot the club up. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, it was like, yo, they, they made that type of shit. They really kind of fit in with that whole Memphis that whole nigga, Memphis feel. We fighting, nigga. Don't, don't get too drunk in the club and start playing this yeah. uh, fight breaking out. Oh, yeah. Believe it. <laughs> I've seen it happen, nigga. That was right around my last few years in college. I've seen niggas fight off of both of them songs. You know? Three, six, yeah. and them. Yeah, All but, that. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, forget that. Tear the club up? Nah. Uh-uh. Fuck no. So, <clears throat> but just to, to round it off from that... um from that region nappy roots too and i know that you know people i think some people kind of looked at them as like a gimmick but they had a little moment there for like a few years and they had some hits you know uh the all nah shit obviously was the first shit that everybody heard from them but then they had the pole folks joint with anthony hamilton who some folks know who anthony hamilton was at that time but he was really just starting to come out at that particular time as well they had that one big hit their watermelon chicken and grits album that came out in 2002 um, they had a follow-up that wasn't that successful, but, you know, shit. I, one thing I used to always notice about EA Sports, EA Sports loved using their shit in their in they <laughs> video games. To, uh, I would hear the shit on Madden. I would hear it on mm-hmm. NBA Live. I'm like, yo, if they get EA Sports money, that's not that's good money right there, you know? Yeah. So, so, yeah, man, Mid-South. I got to say, out of all the regions we're talking about, that's probably the most underrated region. Because I think some people will probably overlook like the three sixes, the eight ball MJGs, the nappy roots and be like, uh, you know, when they talk about the South, but yeah. So now we move down to the Gulf coast. So we looking at Mississippi, New Orleans, Louisiana, Texas, in particular, Houston, that whole Gulf coast, AKA what they call the third mm-hmm. coast. So Damo, your favorites from that area, man, who was you fucking with? <sighs> I love David Banner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but on the low, mm-hmm. I had a group that I like from Alabama, the Dirty Boys. Mm. Okay. Those was my niggas. Dirty Boys. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah, okay. What, did, what was this, like, early 2000s? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. And then, uh, 
you can't go nowhere without the five man Wheezy. Mm-hmm. But oh, I yeah. didn't like early. I didn't like Hot Boys Wayne. Nah, Mm-mm. me neither. Yeah, I didn't like Hot Boys Wayne. I was like, uh, you know, I like Turk. Mm-hmm. Turk. BG. But I was like, mm, I don't know about Lil Wayne. Yeah. But then, yeah. the Carter. Yeah, the first Carter came out, and that changed the game. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Who the fuck you been around? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, you know, you got UGK. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I love UGK. So if I, if I would say out of that region, who's my favorite? Damn, man, it's hard because there's mm-hmm. so many out of there. Yeah. Because I saw No Limit more is gimmicky. Hmm. Okay. Really? Like all all the like I respect the grind, the hustle, you know, they took took advantage of of, of their lane. They put up a whole projects after projects after project. They flooded the streets like it was drugs. Just like it was drugs, man. That was P <laughs> thing, man. He gonna flood right? the market. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the the covers mm-hmm. they classic covers cause they years later, look I'm like, gimmicky to me. Cartoonish. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I really can't say it was too many spitters with No Limit. There was a couple. So there was a couple. There was like, like Soldier Slim, Mac, and Fiend. I think were the, like the, the hardcore spitters. Yeah. Fiend, yeah. Mac, Fiend, Mac, and Soldier Slim were like the ones who were the hardcore spitters to me. Those are the ones that could really rap, rap, like for real, like no lie, yeah. But you know, I'm gonna give I'm gonna pee credit because that Ice Cream Man John was my shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that was my shit. My man stayed trying to put me on a, a, in middle school, mm-hmm. and of course, East Coast by his ears. Yeah, you were like this shit like, garbage. I'm gonna throw my I'm gonna throw my own boombox in the trash. You put that shit in again. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mm. But to me, I would say. Damn, because when you start thinking about Texas, yeah, you know you got Flip, mm-hmm. Because I used to like Flip, mm-hmm. Uh, Slim Thug, mm-hmm. Damn, Swish the, House, the Texas, yeah, Tex- Texas is, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you could almost even take Texas as a region so just in make, itself and make that deep south, that, that deep south. I mean, that's like, yeah. yeah, it's it's Texas has a deep deep roster. And when you stop and think about it, like you just going through your mind right now. I can see like filtering through your mind, going through all the different names and shit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you talk about this. Not even talk about folks like even like Zebo, you know, what I'm saying who Zebo was a dude that used to spit like shit. Like I, I was listening the other day to that. Um, Drake I didn't up. even say Scarface. Nah, Scarface. Like, and that's the <laughs> that's the godfather of Houston. That's the godfather of Houston. Like that's you can't talk shit about Houston without hey. talking about face, you know. An all time great. You want to talk about Scarface? That's a rapper that's potentially within a lot of people's either top tens or top twenty all time. You know, because he yeah. met, he checks all the marks. He checks all the marks, man. You start going through that Texas list, though. You're right. It's it's deep. It is deep. And so the, I'm gonna take. We to keeping those together. I'm gonna go. It's between Lil Wayne and UGK to me. Okay, Lil Wayne and UGK. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good list, man. Um. Gosh, where do I start? So with Mississippi, I mean, it's like, you know, in that area, you could kind of start, even if you could start in Alabama, because I don't know too many rappers from Alabama. The one rapper I know from Alabama is Rich Boy. 
And um, <laughs> so now the only thing about Rich Boy is that I always tell people, I think Rich Boy didn't get enough credit for the shit that he did. You know what I'm saying? I think everybody's mm-hmm. kind of heard like, you know, throw them, throw some D's and boy, look at here. And that was it. You know, it was, it, I kind of like when I, li- I listened to that album, actually, I think it was not too long ago. And I was just like, you know what, Dale, this shit. That this album shit, was alright. This shit decent, you know. Yeah. This shit decent, and so and the production was good on that joint, but it's just, you know, I think he didn't really have a whole lot of staying power beyond that, you know, because it's I don't know that was a hell of an album to sort of have. But as far as Mississippi was concerned, I kind of I mess with David Banner. I know he a little bit more new school, but the other rapper I think about when I'm down in Mississippi, obviously, is Crit. You know, so yeah. Crit is definitely a little bit more new school, but he yeah. has an old school flavor to him. Like you know, he he listened to. You know, UGK, 3-6 Mafia. It's like Crit took influences from everywhere in the South, but his lyrical ability came from, like, in the school of thought of, like, Andre 3000 and mm. and Luda and T.I. Like, he sort of took, like, the three of them niggas to create his style. You know, um, you definitely from the South, though. Meridian, Mississippi, all the way. As far mm. as, like, El- New Orleans and, like, Louisiana, I definitely listened to more Cash Money than I did No Limit. Um, like you said, No Limit didn't really have, like, I did need to have some spitters. And so I kind of felt like, you know, some of the folks that was on No Limit, they weren't spitting. I mean, Mystical had some shit. Before, Mystical was like, you know, shake your ass, Mystical, which everybody knows that Mystical. But I remember when Mystical first came out and he was signed to, um, I think it was uh, Tommy Boy or Big Boy Records, one of them joints when he first came out, even before he got to with No Limit. Um, but I needed to have spitters. So Cash Money had him because Cash Money had Wayne. And then, of course, my guy who I couldn't stand back in the day, but is my nigga now, is Juve. That, I mean, like, <laughs> Juve, like, I yo, man, like, now going back listening to them albums, it's like, yo, all right, man, I used to mock this nigga back in the day, but Juve, Juve, Juve shit used to rock, yeah, like, he... <laughs> I I can't even lie. Juvie shit used to rock. I mean, even when he got to that last uh, the last album that I really paid attention to from Juvie, which was um Juvie the Great, you know what I'm saying? And and he did his thing on that joint. Definitely Wayne, like you said, I wasn't like a fan of, you know, Hot Boy Wayne. It was like once mixtape Wayne started coming out and then the Carter, and the Carter 1, Carter 2, that Carter series, it was like, "Alright." Yeah, you know, Gangster Grills, it's like, "Alright." You got to definitely take Wayne and put him up there because he's showing he got the skills. He can rap with anybody out this joint. Like, seriously, when he want to rap, Wayne can rap. That, But New Orleans, I mean, that, that was really my folks from New Orleans. I mean, I did like BG, too, man. I thought it was a shame that with all the shit going down with him and Cash Money, but mm-hmm. I th- liked, I liked BG, too. Um, obviously, production-wise, Manny Fresh, how can you go wrong? I mean, Manny Fresh made a sound Mm -hmm. that defined a good portion of, like, them late 90s, early 2000s. He was, like, one of the hottest producers out there. It was, like, to me, you talked about producers that had a defining sound. I think Manny Fresh, I think Timbo had had a defining sound. Mm -hmm. I think Manny Fresh had a defining sound, too. Yeah. But, um, Texas. I mean, it all starts with face. I mean, that's, you you know, non-negotiable. Face mob, all-time great rapper. At least, by my count, at least two, maybe even three classic albums. He just respected, you know, Brother Mob, a.k.a. Brad Jordan. I mean, Ghetto Boys to his solo career. I mean, what else can you say? Um, UGK. I mean, it's been 25 years since Riding Dirty came out. Riding Dirty is, man, it's a testament to what, you know, 
you going through tough circumstances, being able to basically bet on yourself and win. It's basically what happened with Riding Dirty. And UGK, it's like even after the circumstances, Pimp passing away. And I felt like that happened at the most unfortunate time because they was just starting to come back and they were still making good music. They was making great music, as a matter of fact. So UGK obviously got to give props to DJ Screw. Rest in peace, DJ Screw. The nigga basically revolutionized a kind of music that was all based off of DJing and then also using that slow down technique that became something that defined that region. Screw music. But then you take that screw screw tapes and stuff is still up in, t- in Texas. You go to <laughs> um, Sweatshirt House and, and obviously, you know, Slim Thug. Who I always liked, I thought he could spit, man. Um, Paul Wall, obviously. And um, yeah, you and then like you talked about flip. People will a lot of people will sort of clown flip because of the shit that happened between him and T.I. and mm-hmm. the picture of the nigga in the leprechaun suit, you know. Mm-hmm. But but yo, Flip used to burn mixtapes up. And he made a lot of money before he actually made it. Like, you know, was actually yeah. a star. So Flip used to um Flip used to burn stuff up, man. And I think, you know, his career really locally he was a legend because of all the mixtapes and shit that he did. And obviously him and Screw were tight. So, you know, yeah, man. It's um Texas, you could really, like I said, that's a region unto itself. And when you talk about all the people who have come from Houston, come from that Gulf Coast, it's like, man, that's a ton of people. Like all the folks I just named, I'm sure I'm missing folks out. I mean, ghetto boys. Mm-hmm. Willie D and Bushwick Bill, rest in peace to Bushwick, you know, so, yeah, so we we went through all of them, Damo. So, out of all of them, we just named, who do you think had the most influence, the biggest impact on the games that stands right now? Like, what region did, and why? <clears throat> on the game right now? It's crazy. Hmm. <clears throat> That's tough. Mm-hmm. It is. See, because I would, because mm, I would say, Little Wayne. Mm-hmm. So I would take that to New Orleans region mm-hmm. over that because you got the birth of Drake, mm-hmm. Nicki, and then all the mix the mixtapes that Bama started going mm-hmm. trying to kill like Wayne. Yeah, but see, but then. Mm-hmm. How the game is right now, I'm gonna have to come to what Atlanta's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's kind of hard to like to pick that um to pick a uh to pick a side, you know, because you can make an argument for any one of those regions for different reasons, and it would be a legitimate like argument to make for any one of those regions. If I had to say I would probably say first on that list and would have to be for me, I would have to say Atlanta. And I say Atlanta because like when Atlanta blew up and far beyond just with Outkast and Goody Mob, which they were influential themselves, but then who they helped to inspire in Atlanta and the music that they made. I mean, look at the between the Jeezys and the Gucci Mains and everything else. Look at who came as a result of that era. You know, franchise boys, Lil John and them, like you know, Eastside, all, all Lil John and Eastside boys, and the whole crunk movement, what that spawned, the snap movement, and then eventually, what you led to was like you know, you got like your soldier boys, and then 
Yeah, Chief Keeves and your Trinidad James. And so I feel mm-hmm. like that helped to spawn a lot of what the the way that the music is now, because then that stuff eventually led to a joint like Future. And then we know how influential Future has been on the game, because look at how many niggas out there we got that are literally just like Future now. Or trying to be like Future, stylistically See, wise. And then that's when Juicy J had come in and say yeah. that they got that from him. From him, exactly, right. So it's a so, but I would definitely say Atlanta first. Then I would say, then next probably New Orleans because of Wayne. Because I think even Wayne himself, just not not even talking about even No Limit and then Cash, everybody else from Cash Money, but Wayne literally became like the father to a lot of these niggas styles who are out in the game now. Mm-hmm. A lot of these niggas Shit. idolize Most of Wayne. Atlanta niggas, yeah, are from Wayne. Wayne Wayne is they go. Like I like to tell yeah. people, I can understand now. The way these little these little niggas are, like Wayne is their goat. So I can understand why they so adamant and and defending Wayne because Wayne is their goat. So I get that. Because even a nigga Slim Thug hate him, but still say he them he that's who he looked up to. Yeah, that's wild, man. And then, I mean, obviously. I mean, I don't want to leave the Mid-South out of here because 3-6 did influence a lot of shit when it came to the game. But you can't leave Texas out of there because, I mean, even the shit that when it came with Scarface and then also Ghetto Boys and, you know, everybody else from Texas, you're talking about Screw and UGK. Like, I felt like their music sort of helped to spawn a different type of, like, for those who were, like, into the like the rawness of rap, like, that, I think, to help to influence a lot of rappers who were sort of coming up to like that gangster feel you know what i'm saying those who were willing to get into that type of music to make that sort of get that gangster feel that street feel they were influential as well but if i had to put my top two i say at least atlanta and new orleans to the way that the game is today right now but yeah i mean you could throw an argument in there for three six in the mid-south too because three six i mean they <laughs> like you said you have juicy j talk about some oh yeah well them niggas got that shit from niggas like us so it's it's the sound he yeah said the, the sound the sound that y'all hear now is yeah, the sound that he created created yeah so but yeah all around though the south has been very very influential and the thing is is like what people have to sort of understand is and it's even like what happened when outcast first album came out with Southern playlist of Cadillac music is that you got to understand really their influence, man. And you just can't sit there and say, well, that shit ain't because we, you know, we used to be on that tip. That shit ain't hip hop. That mm-hmm. shit ain't hip hop. It's like, bro, that's hip hop interpreted in their, in their terms. That's hip hop interpreted in their way. It's basically the same thing that niggas did in New York, what niggas did in California, what they did in the Midwest. They did it their way down there. I mean, they were still using turntables and niggas were DJing. I mean, you can't listen to screw music and tell me that that shit isn't hip hop influence. I mean, like that, that all starts at a DJ with his turntables. And that's creativity, you know? The creativity from the South, I think, is what a lot of scared a lot of people, especially on the East Coast, because. I think they saw that their their way of music was changing and they knew that they couldn't just be like, oh, well, uh, we got the game locked down and you know what I'm saying? This is the way it's going to be. Music needs to sound like this. And then the South is like, no, no, no. Well, we don't do shit like that down here. This is the way that music sounds. So, and now you look at it, psh, they've been running the game at least for the last 15 years by my count. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the South has been running the rap game for at least the last decade and a half by my count. And you could charge and they, and 22 they, decades. And, and, and I was about to say, and they would say longer than that. Yeah, they could say, they would say longer than that. Absolutely. 
And like Pimp C used to say, like, I don't give a shit about making no hip hop record, nigga. This is country rap tunes. <laughs> so <laughs> rest in peace, rest in peace, Pimp C, man. Goddamn, you know. So yeah, there we are. That is our topic on Southern hip hop. Y'all make sure, hey, hit us up. Talk to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. Hit us up and let us know what you think, man. Definitely give us your favorites from each one of those regions and let us know who you think had the most impact, man. We definitely would love to hear that. We're going to open that topic up on social media when the episode posts. Make sure y'all hit us up and let us know what y'all think. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are checking us out on our host on Red Circle. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to the Vault Classic Music Reviews on any one of our streaming sources. If you go to the link in our bio of our social media pages, you'll find a link tree there. You'll find all of our social media pages and also all of our streaming sources. Again, you can get to the Vault on at Vault CMR Podcast on Instagram, at Vault Classic on Twitter, and also search the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast on Facebook and YouTube. Like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Interact with us on social media. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate because you are never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.